you are listening to the Spiritual Warrior Coach with Barbara Sabin, the podcast for discovering how powerful your wisdom, compassion, and courage is. Get ready to join Barbara and her guests as they explore and offer you advice on how to reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. And now, here's the host of the show, Barbara Sabin. Thank you for joining me today and welcome. I am Barbara Savin, your spiritual warrior coach, and I am here to help you reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. And for those of you that may not know me, I am a certified clinical and medical hypnotherapist, Reiki master and teacher, energy healing specialist, life coach, and best-selling author of Gentle Energy Touch, The Beginner's Guide to Hands-On Healing. You know, I have been helping my clients for over 35 years, and the older I get, hmm, the more wisdom seems to come through. So isn't it time that you believe in yourself? You know, your mind is going to provide you with your greatest challenges in life because it's so very, very powerful. So let's use it for positive thinking, creating harmony, balance, love, peace, happiness, and anything else that your heart desires, because one day the world will tap you on your shoulder and say, this is your time to shine. And speaking about someone that really shines, I am going to bring on my guest right now. There we go. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Barbara. This is Michelle Quay, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. She Michelle is a certified visibility confidence coach. She's an author and motivational speaker who helps women coaches who struggle with the confidence to tell their story, to get out and seen and then hired. And um, Michelle is also the founder of Elevate Life Coaching and the author of Perfectly Normal, an immigrant story of making it in America. It's an inspirational journey that details overcoming adversity after an automobile accident that changed the course of Michelle's life. Michelle was born in Taiwan and grew up in New York City and now lives in Los Angeles with her orange tabby cat, Toby. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Barbara. He's also orange, orange, his name is Toby. His name is Toby. I adopted him about six months ago after I lost my first cat. I had oh. my first cat with 17 years and then uh, he, he came down with a cancer and on New Year's Day, he passed. Oh, so I'm I have sorry. him sitting on my vanity set and I have, I have him cremated. So I, I do miss him dearly. But then I, I believe, you know, when we, when we have so much love, there's someone out there who deserves more, right? And, and that's how I came about bringing this cat, this orange tabby, and he looks so cute. So I brought <laughs> him home and I, I was thinking, I was going through trying to understand, okay, so what name do I give him? And Toby came to my mind. Toby came to mind. Yeah, you know, we love our pets. My little guy, he's 19 now and still goes on his walk, still eating. And his, his sister actually passed away about three and a half years ago. And he's, he's hanging in there and, and 
I just love him with all my heart. And so, I mean, they love us unconditionally and then we love them unconditionally. It's just, it's a beautiful relationship with pets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and those who don't have a pet or who don't really understand that relationship between a human person to a pet, <laughs> I want to tell you that, you know, this is a family member. I see Toby as my kid. Yes, yes. Without, without a doubt. I mean, I've had, uh, we've had uh, pets now for, oh, God, let's see. I was 30, 70, 43 years. And, um, you know, everyone that passed on was so hurtful. It, it's challenging to get over it w- with them. But, but then it, it's amazing how, you know, we, we decide, all right, we're going to look for another one. And then that special one just pops right out and, you know, to us. And then we, you know, we take them home. <laughs> so, oh yeah, it is beautiful. So, you know, let, let's find out a little bit about you. I know you were born in Taiwan. So, what, you know, what happened to you? I, I know you mentioned about an accident that changed your life. So I was just curious to, you know, to tell listeners a little bit about it. Yeah. So I was born in Taiwan. And when I was 11 years old, I was coming out from school one day to meet my mom on the opposite side of the street. So as I was crossing, I saw her coming, I started to cross, but I didn't realize that there was a car coming towards me really fast. By the time I had that awareness of all these chaos around me, people were shouting, my friend were waving at me and t- telling me to stop, stop, but it was already too late. I, I remember I was standing in the middle of the street and the next thing I know, I woke up in a hospital bed. And so there's a huge chunk of my memory just disappear. And sometimes I, I think it's, a, it's how the universe protects us from all these unwanted or unhelpful or unsupported memories. And it just really erased completely out of me. So I remember exactly what happened before. I remember I was crossing the street and how I got to the hospital. I had no recollection of it. Wow. So what, what happened then? You know. So I spent four years after the car accident going in and out of the hospital. I had total of uh, 11... 11 surgery on my leg, both legs. So I have a lot of scars. Um, growing up, I, I was always, we talked about the unconditional love. I think that was one of my biggest challenge is to how do I unconditionally love my body when my body doesn't look normal to me? My body, my height doesn't look normal to me. The way that I walk doesn't look normal to me. So I was going through a lot of uh, uh, that struggle in trying to identify myself around my teenage year. By age 15, my parents got the permission to come to United States. So we immigrated to New York. That's where I went to school. And I remember the first time I landed in America, I, I, I didn't speak English at all. My English is my second language. I had not speaking a word. It was so challenging just to order food at a takeout restaurant. I remember one night we, my mom and I walked into a KFC store and we wanted to order dinner. Um, she used to be a hairdresser. So on her way back, we would say, oh, you know, like we see on TV all the time, KFC or fried chicken. We wanted to try it out. Walking to the store, look up on the menu and not a single word I can pronounce. I know how to say chicken, but there's different part of the chicken. 
And so just standing there in front of the cashier, in front of the register, trying to figure out how to order a meal, just that experience was not pleasant. And I was so happy. The second time we went back, there was a lady who spoke Chinese. She was Cantonese, but she spoke a little bit of Mandarin. So she was able to help us out and order a meal that we can go home with. Um, so just that one little simple um, task of speaking English, it was challenging. And on top of that, I was dealing with this whole um, self-identity issue as someone who came out of the hospital, doctor gave me a pair of metal brace to wear, crutches to use, and he basically told me that I'm supposed to be wearing them until I am 18 years old, which of course, given a 15-year-old, 16-year-old, I didn't listen to the doctor at all. Mm-hmm. I, was, I wanted to look perfect. I wanted to look normal like all these other girls I see in my classroom. They're in their bikini dress, their hair's all, this is the 80s, so their hair's like all, you know, uh, blow up, you know, do a hair blow. I want to look like that. But here I am looking myself into the mirror, 16 years old. This is the ugly self that I was seeing. So I decided I want to be different. I took, took, uh, took apart this uh, metal brace that I was supposed to wear and I didn't want to wear it anymore. I just threw it out into the garbage and I don't want to wear it anymore. Of course, that was a decision that was not wisely made. So from there, I basically, my physical body, my physical health was deteriorating uh, as I progressed. By the time I reached to college, I could no longer walk longer or more than three blocks without feeling the pressure on my back. I was constantly wobbling and some people describe me as, oh, you're walking like a penguin. And that was not, it was just very exhausting mentally, emotionally, and physically, it was just exhausting. And when I was in college, I started to look into, oh, I want to, I like to be loved. I like to find that special someone in my life so I can, I can start a family, live a normal life like everyone else. That didn't go as the way that I wanted it. I received multiple rejection. Even when I go to the job, people look at my height. I'm only four feet, four inches tall. The first thing people look at is the first impression. And that is something that I definitely don't have. When people look at me, they, this is how I perceived it in the past. They see me four feet, four inches tall. You're like a baby. You're like a kid. How can I trust you with my prescription? How can I trust you with your knowledge? How can I trust you at all? And so the way that I, the first impression on me is not existing. So when I went into uh, dating or going into relationship, a lot of them would say, oh, you're fun to hang out with. You're great. You have a good personality. But at the end of the day, this is not the kind of person they wanted to bring home and marry. So after experiencing all these rejection, I was really struggling with defining who I am. And so I kept asking, why? Why me? Why does this accident only happen to me, not to anybody else? Why do I have to go through all these struggles? Why is life all these challenges and difficulties that I just, I didn't ask for it. It wasn't something that I had asked for. Mm-hmm. How, can, how can I give it back? And I don't want any part of this life. 
so for that short period of time, I was depressed. I would wake up in the middle of the night, just crying myself for no reason. I would just sit up and just start crying. And one day, um, I think this is where this was when I got finished graduate school and go into my current position as a clinical pharmacist. My best friend invited me to her wedding. And then I remember I walked in because she's my best friend. So I went to visit her before the wedding happened. I visited her in her bride's room and I walked in, I saw this beautiful, amazing wedding dress hanging on the mannequin. And right in front of this wedding dress, there's a pair of shoes. And you know how they say like something new, something blue, something borrowed. Mm -hmm. And it was a perfect sparkling shoes that I have ever seen. And there she is, she's happy, her mom walked in and they were all gathering together, zipping her up on the dress and ready to walk down the aisle with her dad. During the ceremony, I sat towards the front um, where her close friends were. And I saw her walking down the aisle with her dad. Her dad had the arm out, she was holding her dad. She looked around, everyone was happy. Everyone had that great smile and her mom was so proud. And there I was sitting in the ceremony. I was crying. Oh. I was crying because I, I wish that that was my shoes. I wish that was my dress. I wish that I was the one walking down the aisle with my dad and my mom is going to be so proud of me just watching me walking down the aisle. But knowing that I would never, I would never be able to fit into that pair of shoes, it got me to think about who are you, Michelle? What are you meant here to do? Why are you here? What is your purpose? And so I started to Every time I talk about this, I still get wow. very, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> oh, <it's... laughs> I still get very emotional. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah. so I started to question my my own existence in this this realm of life. And what is my purpose? Why am I here? And during that process, I started to read a lot of spiritual book. I remember uh, I was reading Eckhart Tolle's uh, The Power of Now. That was a great book that I really love and, and enjoy. And given that my background came from a, a Buddhist culture, I was also exposed to a lot of uh, reading in the, in the Buddhist culture um, where you know things happen because the universe and the whole entire nature and how we're existing within that nature, we each one of us will go through phases. And why you are here, a lot of time is because there's a hidden purpose that you were here designated to do. And just like a tree, when during the summertime, when the sun shines, it provides shades for what the people underneath it. And so you as an individual, you also have a purpose, whether you realize it or not, you came to this planet, this earth, in this realm of life for a reason. And there's a reason why you exist. So when I realized that there is something bigger than just this physical body of mine, 
I started to really dive deeper in terms of, okay, so there is something bigger than mine, bigger than myself. What can I do with this? I'm stuck in this body. So what can I do about this body? And the first thing that came to my mind at that time was, all right, Michelle, stop crying, wipe your tears. We're gonna, we're gonna tackle this, all right? So the first thing that you do, since physical challenge is your challenge, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna go to, go to the target, get an exercise ball, and you're gonna start working out. And <laughs> so I started to look up YouTube. I started watching a lot of videos on how to use an exercise ball. And that I, I did it for two weeks. After two weeks, that was not enough because I'm feeling good, better. You know, as your body get into the movement, you're, you're, you, you feel better. And so I felt better. And I started to dive in deeper. I said, okay, there's got to be something else I can do. And that something else led me to uh, signing up to a gym, hiring a personal trainer, because I want to be the person who's able to turn on that treadmill and start walking on the treadmill. And that was my initial goal when I signed up to, to the gym. And, you know, not to mention losing a little bit of weight because my, my love handle was starting to, to show a little bit. <laughs> So I wanted to get rid of my love handle. And so I just started to work out and I started to work with the personal trainer and I have specifically told him, listen, this is how I look. This is what I'm capable of doing physically. What can you do about it? And so the personal trainer I work with, he's great. And he said, well, we can definitely tailor to what you're capable of doing, training your muscle and doing this. Um, getting you to an exercise uh, routine. And that was great. But then there's also that hidden desire of wanting to do more. Because at this point, I was able to walk on the treadmill. I was lifting. I was squatting. I was doing all these things that, you know, normal individual you know, people would do. So that got me really motivated. And so the next step that I wanted to do was I got to do more. And it was it's just funny how the universe just um, synchronized a lot of things that pushed into your life. Mm -hmm. During that time, <laughs> during that time, my friend were talking about uh, their journey to Machu Picchu, how they hike through the four days of Inca Trail and on the trail, there's very scen scenery. Um, there's a lot of uh, historical sites that, that people just can't stop talking about it around me. Not one person, but two, but three, but four. And when you start seeing um, or hearing things that, that comes to you in a pattern format, then you realize that hmm, there's a message behind this. I need yeah. to listen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I listened to that message. I listened to that signal. And I said, I told my personal trainer, I said, listen, all these people around me that went to this hike and I wanted to be able to hike it. He's like, oh, great. You know, I think you're capable of hiking. Where do you want to hike? And he wasn't thinking Machu Picchu. He was more thinking like, you know, our mountain over here, like Mount Wilson, Mount Bodhi. <laughs> he wasn't thinking Machu Picchu at all. And I said, I want to go to Machu Picchu. He said, uh -huh. what? Like, where do you want to go? And I said, Machu Picchu. And he said, well, Michelle, you know, you know, a lot of people go there and they don't even make it, right? A lot of people get asked to, to go back or, or they get injury. And one friend actually told me that don't go, you're going to hurt yourself. Um, so you get all these different messages about why you shouldn't be doing it. Mm -hmm. But then there's also that internal voice and telling me why I should do why it. Why you should, yeah. 
So I decided to listen to the one that says why I should be doing it. And I booked myself a ticket, trained wow. for a year. I bought a ticket, flew myself with my two crutches and the luggage over to Peru. And I hiked through the 26 miles of Inca Trail to Machu Picchu. Wow, congratulations. That's huge. That is such an accomplishment. 20 yeah. miles. Oh, that's unbelievable. So I would assume that was all extremely spiritual for you. It was very, very spiritual. And, and I think during that time, I was slowly getting into the world of how to cultivate that spirituality. What does it mean to quiet our mind? What does it mean to listen to our intuition, to listen to our inner voice that really supports us and keep us in the flow of how our relationship is to the rest of the world? And I remember during that trip, every single day, I was doing one thing and one thing only. And that one thing was just picking up my crutches, making sure that every step I take is a solid step. Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of stone, gi gigantic stones and stairs that I had to climb and get through. But that one thing was keeping my mind really in focus and listening to the inner voice that was supporting me, encouraging me, Michelle, you can do this, watch out for the next step, go here, go there. So instead of listening to all these noise around the world, that four days, I have learned so much. I would say that I have learned my whole entire life worth of lessons just by going up there and do that one thing. And you were so focused and filled with strength and determination and just you you really wanted to get it done and you did. I, and I did. You did it probably a hell of a lot better than people with that that didn't have crutches. <laughs> yeah, so it just I, shows you could do anything you set your mind to do. Yeah. I had people turn and they gave me a thumbs up. And and this is something I tell people all the time, you know. I, I may be, my story may be inspirational, but you know, I, I don't want people to think that, oh yeah, that's, she, she did it, she's great. I, I, can't, I can never be like her. That's not true because I cannot tell you how many times people passing me and giving me, turn around and give me a thumbs up. They inspire me that, mm -hmm. you know, I can do this can because do of them, I can do this. So in a way, you know, they are actually my inspiration of doing things and keeping myself moving forward. Without them, none of these is possible, which is why community is one of my big value because I like bringing people together. I like that connection. I want to be connected with people because without people, we can't do things by ourselves. And there's no reason why we should be doing things by ourselves. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's some story. So I know you mentioned you were a clinical pharmacist. Are you still a clinical pharmacist? I am. So I wear multiple hats. <laughs> oh, okay. And I know you've written a book and I want to get into that. All right. So, so you still do pharmacy work. Where do you work out of? I work for uh, CAC USC here in Southern California. Wow. And, and how long have you been doing that? I've been doing it for the last 15 15 years. 
Yeah. That's a long time. So now how did you get into uh, creating your company? I, so to, it's a continuation of what happened. Of what happened, into. okay. <laughs> so by the time I got to the top of the mountain and by the time I got to Machu Picchu, the last 50 steps I had to crawl up and, and I, had, I had to really literally get down to my knees and hand and crawl up. And it took me 50 steps in order to get into the Machu Picchu site. When I walked in, I remember all these travelers who came from all over the world, they all saw me, they stood up, they turned and they were cheering for me, they celebrated me. And that was the point where I realized that my purpose here on this planet, on this earth, is to inspire someone else who wants to be better, who wants to start taking action who want to be brave and to say yes to life. And that was a moment I finally realized why I exist, why I am here and what is my purpose. So I came home with the idea of, I can use my inspiration to serve people. Now, the question is how, how do I do that? And so I did a lot of research and again, the universe kind of just synchronized um, how our future is going to look and we kind of manifest it and so when during that time I was talking to one of my friends and he said he was looking for a life coach um, to help his uh, nephew who has who's struggling with schizophrenia I said oh life coach that's an interesting term I wonder what that is all about that was the first time I ever heard of life coach so I came home I was googling I was searching doing some research about life coach and I start to read the description of what life coach is. And it's about partnership, it's about support, it's about um, helping people to moving towards their goal. It's about providing that inspiration and aspire to be inspired. And so there, all these descriptions, it just fascinates me and it really lights up my, my light inside. And I realize that this is something that I want to do. This is something that is going to help others. So let me go and do it. So I, that same year, I signed up to a uh, certification program through IPEG. And from IPEG, I got certified as a, as a life coach. And from there, things just kind of evolved. And I remember walking in uh, my day one of the certification training, and I had my business card. I was ready to do this. I had my company name already. It was printed. It was very raw, very... Um, in the beginning of the stage, but I had a business card mm -hmm. and I had a title and I had a mission. That was the key of why I did what I did. Wow. I have a mission. And so now you help women get, you know, who, who are coaches, but that are afraid to do things and, and, and you help them get through that fear. Yeah. Well, how, how do you do that for them? <clears throat> so I think a lot of women, um, we were brought up in a society where we don't do a lot of asking. We don't feel comfortable in asking. We don't feel comfortable in reaching out. We don't feel comfortable about sharing our, our dream, our passion, our mission, because we're so afraid of being judged. And which is why we put on cosmetic, we have our hair up, we dress up really nicely because we don't want to be perceived as someone who we're not. But that idea 
when when we carry that into our business, when our coaching coaching process, it it's not genuine. It's not authentic. I want to get to know you. I want to work with you because you are Barbara. I know you, and therefore I want to work with you. It's not this whole um, outer or external package that we put together on ourselves. That that's not what people are buying. People are buying from us because they like the people behind the company, behind the brand. So if we're not able to show up and share and be vulnerable about our struggles, how are anybody going to be able to see how you can help them to overcome that struggle? Exactly. So, which is why I, the way that I teach uh, my students, um, these coaches, is that you gotta be out there and you gotta be open up to be able and be comfortable in sharing and telling your stories. Mm -hmm. You had a struggle that you were going through in your life. For me, it was a body shaming, but for you, it may be something else. So what is that story? And that is the reason why you're helping others because you have overcame that story. You overcame your struggles. So show someone else how they can do the same. So it's all about having, building their confidence and self-esteem. Mm -hmm. yep. We all have struggles. I mean, even for myself. For years, I knew in my heart I was a healer, but because there was all that outside interference of, you know, it's, it's, what are you doing? You know, you're crazy, stay in your corporate position. Um, but yet I was not being authentic. And it, I was honestly fearful and afraid that maybe I won't succeed, you know, in, in doing what I really love to do. And I myself just took that leap of faith and trusted myself and knew that it may take time, but I can do this. And I set my mind out to do it and stayed focused and determined the way you were. And it happened. And I let, you know, quit my job. Uh, you know, uh, I worked for general nutrition centers. I was a regional sales director and uh, in New York City and all over the, the boroughs there. And it was challenging, but as much as I loved the job, it wasn't who I was. And it takes a leap of faith and trust in yourself. And of course, that confidence to do it. And for myself, just getting out there and saying, well, I am a healer, I am a hypnotherapist. And it was a lot for me, it was also uh, a lot of um, uh, illnesses that started popping up in my body because I wasn't being my authentic self. And I knew that if I didn't get rid of those issues in my tissues, that I would not be able to do what I wanted to do. And then lo and behold, um, uh, we moved to California and uh, I ended up getting a job at the Four Seasons Hotel, uh, the California Health Longevity Institute. I was one of their first energy healer and hypnotherapist there. I've worked there for quite many years and then uh, wrote my book and uh, then started my own business. So we have to trust ourselves and believe in ourselves and not let as you, all that outside interference of, you know, well, you, maybe you shouldn't, you could, you wouldn't. That's their emotions. That's their feelings. It shouldn't become ours. So, you know, people like you that help coaches, you know, especially women really get themselves out there. I appreciate that. Because I, I myself know how hard it is, you know, to get that confidence and that stay focused and not allow any of that outside interference to, to bring you down. Mm 
So, you know, it, let me ask you, so is that why you wrote your book? Because I know you have a book. Yeah. So how, how you said it described perfectly what I was going through when I first started out my company. Mm-hmm. It was a struggle. Okay. Uh, no, one, no one knows me as a coach. You know, all my friends, my circle, they're all pharmacists or in the medical field. So for me to actually go away from that space of in the healthcare setting and mm-hmm. suddenly decided to open my company, it was a struggle. Mm-hmm. And what I realized... And, First thing that I realized was I need to get my story out. I don't care if one person hears it, a hundred person hears it, or 1,000 people hears it. I just need to get that story out because I, there's a message I want to share with the world. And this is the story of my life. And if I can inspire just one person in the audience, exactly. that serves my purpose. That is my purpose. Mm-hmm. And so when I had that idea, the first thing that came to my mind was, All right, so I have a book inside. How do I get it out? What type of book is it going to be? And I I decided to work with a coach because, you know, a coach is supposed to help you, help you uh, doing exactly that, right? So help you achieving your goals and all that. And I needed someone's guidance to walk me through the process. And when I have self-doubt, that person is going to motivate me and keep me on track and keep me on focus. So I spent four months just writing that book, Perfectly Normal. And it's a story of my life from the day that I was born in Taiwan to up until when I became a coach. And I kind of saw it as a letter of completion because up until I became a coach, I was living as someone else in, in life. Um, you know, that, that shoes I was describing in my f- best friend's wedding, I wish I was in her shoes. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking I wish in, I was in someone else's shoe. I wish I can live in a different life, but I never look down and look at my own shoes. Exactly. I have the perfect pair. I just have to take a step and walk it. So, it's a, it's... so I started to write the book and the book came out. Yeah. Wow. So, so the book is all about your life and how you became a, you know, how you, you went through so much struggle and fear and doubt and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and image. I mean, nowadays with all the social media, that this image thing is, is really getting out of control. Yeah. Um, so, wow. So what, what do you think, I guess with, with everything, what do you think was your biggest fear? You know, was it your, the disability or was it uh, the self-image? My biggest fear is being judged and mm-hmm. being judged by my physical appearance. I have multiple experiences where I would be walking down the street just like everyone else. There's a crowd of people walking down and there's, there's strangers who walk up to me and just tap on my shoulder and ask you, what's wrong with you? And it just... A lot of it carries on and I internalize it as I am not normal. I look different. I am disabled. I am limited. I am not capable of doing a lot of things. So I never have in my life think about all the possibility of what would happen if I don't have those fears. And the fear is really strongly um, associated to my body image and how the way that I look is being judged or perceived by someone else. 
And, you know, again, the social media is not helping. Every time I go onto social media, I see these beautiful women, right, in their, in the summertime, their bikinis and their amazing body. And here I am, I'm sitting here wishing that I can install another pair of legs so I, I will look different. But you don't know what they're going through. That's the thing. They may look beautiful, but that doesn't really mean much. It's what is really inside that really counts. You but know? I wasn't seeing that. Well, that too, but, but you do now though, big time. Yeah. And the thing is, who, who are we to judge anyone? You know, I always tell everyone, before you judge, look at thyself. You know, look at you before you say something about that other person. So, and, and, and most people, for whatever reason, just, I think it's because of a lack of confidence, you know, a a lack of self-esteem, not having the strength that someone like yourself has. um, That's why they judge others, you know, to make them feel better. But in actuality, when they really look at themselves then they understand, wow, I, I need to help myself. You know, I need to do something different or, you know, why am I judging that person? I really need to look at me. So, yeah, it's amazing how people, um, they just, the way, it's just the way it is. I, I think a lot of us going through different uh, life experience and those life experience lead us to believe that things need to be in a black and white way or right or wrong or uh, do or don't. So no one ever look at, well, maybe things are just the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, the universe, like the tree is just a tree. The tree doesn't question why, why a tree has bigger, taller, exactly. smaller, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I think a lot of us, you know, go down to the path of judging someone because we're still hanging around in the lower level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the way that our consciousness, consciousness works is through our life experience. So maybe there's some part in their previous um, experience where they were led to believe that looking normal means a woman who is five feet, at least five feet tall, whose legs are straight, who doesn't walk, walk with crutches. So it takes them, it, they, they started to believe that is the typical, that is the normal, normalcy. So if anything that falls outside of what they have Mm -hmm. learned, it's, they're not familiar with it. And some people will perceive it as curiosity, like, oh, I'm wondering, you know, what happened to her. So they will come and practice that compassion, practicing that empathy. You know, I don't want to intrude, but what happened? What happened? Yeah. While others, they're more, um, self-expression is stronger so mm-hmm. they'll approach us and they'll say what's wrong with you and so there's nothing wrong with how they are saying it because that is based on how they said it yeah, is based like on their it. level of consciousness it's based mm-hmm. on where they and how they understand things in life how we perceive it the receiving end we have a lot of choices to make and sometimes I describe it as, you know, imagine you're walking into an elevator and you see all these different buttons that you can push and the door is going to open and that what's behind the door is going to be a different result, different outcome. Now, you as a person going into that elevator, you are being judged, but you have the ability to push the button and the door is going to open that will result in a different outcome. Right. Right. So in the past, I kept pushing the wrong button 
and I, the door keeps opening, I feel angry, I feel hurt, I feel unloved, or I feel unseen. Um, but having that awareness, having that in, initial awakening, it allows me to see that huh, I don't have to keep on pressing that button. There's all these other buttons that I can choose to pick. So which other button would, you, would I like to push? So I start to testing out different buttons. And of course, you know, there are still days when I'm waking up and I don't feel good about myself. I feel angry. I still press the wrong button, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's life, right? Oh, yes. So some- <laughs> Gotta be human. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you open up, you end up opening up a door and you learn lessons from it. If someone judge me right now, okay, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's about them, right? It's about their life experience, what they're going through, or maybe they're actually going through some very troubling time right now. And so the only way that they understand, they are familiar in expressing is the way how they're showing up right now. Exactly. And, and most people act, don't even realize what they're even doing. Yeah. No, I, I remember this was, oh, I had a boat accident quite many years ago. And uh, over a period of time, the accident start, started to wear out my uh, my bone um, on my my hip, mm-hmm. and very you know the, the, the pain was very painful. And but I still showed up and went to work and did what I needed to do. And then at one point, I had to walk with a cane, and I knew I needed a hip replacement. Uh, of course, being fearful of uh, that type of operation, but I knew I needed to get it. And people would look at me because I was limping mm-hmm. and. You know, and you can see them like moving away from me, you know, and and I would say to myself, gee, you know, it's a shame that you're being judged in a way and yet you don't even know who I am, but you're you're looking at me in a certain way. And I can understand, you know, your situation because I was there for for about three years until I finally got, you know, the hip operation and now everything's fine. But I can see how people you know, they, they look out of fear or, you know, maybe they feel shameful or, you know, whatever it is. And, and we, you know, as having some type of a disability, uh, have to allow ourselves to push that away. Otherwise it'll, it'll bring us down something terribly. Yeah. I started to practice Ho'oponopono meditation so um, Ho'oponopono, basically, it's a way of, um, uh, they describe it. So this came from uh, Joe Vitale, and he talked about how you practice it is really a lot of it has to do with cleansing our own judgment, cleansing our own um, the stuff that we carry in our life. And I think it's really important for any one of us who's going through some challenging time or difficult time to really show ourselves the unconditional love that we had talked about in the beginning of the show. Um, So the way that you practice Ho'oponopono meditation is you sit down and you close your eyes and there's four phrases that you're going to say to yourself. Thank you, I love you, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. And the last one I keep forgetting. (laughs) Probably forgiveness or acceptance. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yep. So as you go through and talk about all four phrases, Mm -hmm. you start to release a lot of that feeling of being hurt 
or that feelings of, I need to have a revenge. I need to do something to these people who are judging me. No, it's all coming down That's to, right. Us. I am perfectly happy where I am. Mm -hmm. I am a whole. And this is how I, I am going to live my life. Yeah, it's and about so, acceptance of ourselves. Yes. Once yes. we accept who we are, yes. then the it's a whole different situation. Like, you know, I, I accepted myself later on in years that, you know, my grandma was a healer and I've always seen spirit and heard and, but everyone would always, you know, look at me like I was weird, but then I finally accepted me for who I was and then stepped out into my authentic self, no matter how much people still said, you know, oh, you're crazy. What are you doing? It didn't matter what they said it no longer. It was who, who I am. And I know for myself, you know, I needed to forgive myself for quite many things and accept me for who I am. And then once I did, it's amazing how the, the universe just now, you know, opens up things for us. And all we need to do is listen and, and feel and know, all right, this is what I need to do and not allow anyone to interfere. Yep. We, we can't control how other people feel about us, no. you know, but what we can control is taking that personal responsibility and knowing that, you know what, this is my life. This is how I wanted it. And this is how I'm going to, you know, hold up to my value, hold up to my integrity. And this is how I'm going to live my life. I can't control other people, but I can control myself. It's exactly. And that's why I tell myself every day, you know, um, no matter what, you know, how some people push your buttons and I always, I'll step back and I'll say, all right, I can control the action that I, is the action going to be not so good action or will it be a good action? Mm -hmm. So yeah, we are able to control how we're feeling and what we're actually putting out. Many people don't understand that. They feel they have no control over it, but you have a lot of control. Yeah. What, what I recommend uh, people to do is actually do a little exercise. So what you do is you draw a circle on a piece of paper, right? Mm -hmm. And you sit down and you start writing out what are some of the things that you can control in your life. So you put it inside the circle. And what are some of the things that's out of your control? So you put it outside of the circle. And when you're done with that exercise, look at the piece of paper and ask yourself, so what is within my control and how Am I going to live my life that is within my control? I, I feel we need to live in the moment. Yeah. You know, so many of, of especially like my clients, the, they, they live in yesterday or they're looking for tomorrow. Well, yesterday we need to let go of because it really doesn't serve us purpose other than the fact that hopefully you learned by yesterday and you don't bring it, whatever the, if it was not good, you don't bring it forward in your life, but we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So, you know, if we're not living for now, we're missing everything that is actually around us. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It's, um, it's a beautiful feeling living in the now. It's, you find more calm, you find more peace, and I feel you also make better connections. Like a lot of us, you know, be, because 
we're go getting so distracted by all these external forces that's out happening outside of us. So we start losing our attention to the people who are currently in our life. Mm -hmm. And you would have so much better relationship, not just within yourself, but also how you, how you interact with others. You're going to be so amazingly powerful, invincible when you connect with that individual. And, and that person is going to be so inspired by what you do, they're going to follow and they're going to lead. So I always believe that a leader doesn't just have followers, a leader actually create another leader. Yes. Oh, I, I teach energy healing and I tell them one day, you know, sooner than later, you, I will give you my clients because one day I will step away. You, you need to be the best you can be. And I want you to be the best you can be. And even when I worked uh, at um, uh, general nutrition centers, I would train my managers and I would tell them one day, you know, sooner than later, I want you to be the regional sales director because I will step away. So it, it's having that confidence in ourselves to create another leader because we want them to lead. We do not want more followers. We want them to take control and say, this is what we need to do. You know, a leader always, well, you know, a leader never says I, you know, a leader will always say us, we, right. we're together. And, and that, that's, to me, it's, it's a very spiritual uh, awakening, you know, uh, to more of possibilities that is there for us. Mm -hmm. I, I, th I think the universe happens in a very um, wholesome way, right? So each individual are actually playing a part in this universe. So imagine just you yourself in the universe. That's not how it works. The universe works because you as an individual, you lift others to be with you to, to become part of the bigger, better pictures or a bigger picture. So if I were the only person who's, they call it, enlightened or become wise or having a higher consciousness, it is my responsibility. It's our responsibility to bring those who are not on the same journey to come and join our journey together so that the whole universe as a whole is consciousness, our consciousness start raising the same time. And so I take personal responsibility. I encourage like all my students to take their personal responsibility because I don't want to do this myself. I want yeah. everybody who have the same mission of making, making this place, making our life a better experience for everybody. I need you to do your work. So stop quitting playing small because this is no time to play small. I need you to actually step out of your comfort zone, start getting out there, share your message, Tell people why you are here and so that you can help that person who's waiting to watch your video, who's waiting to see your social media posts, who's waiting to hear your podcast. You're going you're gonna to do that because I need you to get to work. Well, with, without a doubt. Yeah. And, and even for my clients, I, I look at them, I say, you can do anything. Just do it. Don't be afraid. If it doesn't go okay, well, then figure out what happened that it didn't go so well. Change it a little bit and just keep on, you know, moving forward and having that focus and determination and, you know, confidence in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think with children, because I also see a lot of children, you know, what happens 
a lot of them are leaders, but unfortunately growing up, the parents, you know, give them a lot of negative talk. And mm -hmm. so as that child gets older, now there's that negative self-talk in their head. Instead of them saying, well, yes, I can, you know, instead they hear, you know, you couldn't do this, you're not good enough, you're not this. I say throw all those words away, you know, take them, throw them away, stomp on them, send them out to the ground with love and light and healing because those negative words need to heal, you know, mm -hmm. and change your way of talking to yourself yes. because that feeling, you know, of I can't or I shouldn't, that's, you know, that side of you that is wanting to see whether or not you have the courage to change it around. And, and as you mentioned, to be a leader. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, it's, um, there, there are a lot of leaders in this world. They just have to understand that they are and know it. It's true. Very true. Oh, it's, it's really, sometimes it's more shading, but I, I think, you know, we're following the right path in helping others who realize there's, there's someone bigger, you know, outside their fear. And I often ask people, what would you do if you know there's no fear? That's a right? huge question. I bet most of them can't even answer. <laughs> like, what would you do if you have absolutely no fear? No, right, right. You know, I know for myself, I had fear on creating a podcast and then someone came into my life and taught me how to do this. And, and I was very determined that before I reach a certain age, and, and this was a year and a half ago, I said, all right, I've been doing my healing work for over 35 years. I want to create a podcast where I have other people on like yourself that can help others. Because for me, it's all about getting you know, the, the spiritual word out and having people more awakened and knowing that, yes, they can do anything. Um, and then uh, this gal came into my life, showed me how to do this podcast. And my goal, I want you to know, to uh, almost a year and a half ago was, I will do this before the age of 73. I will have a few podcasts up and running. Well, I'm going to be 73 next week. And I have about there's about 12 already that I need to still put out there. So, you know, when you're determined and you want to do this, you can do it. The thing is not to be afraid. And yeah, I may, you know, not say the words properly. I mean, I'm from Brooklyn. I still speak Brooklyn, even though we're like 15 years. It is what it is. It's who I am. You know, accept me for who I am. If you don't, well, then that's not my problem. It's yours. So <laughs> exactly. So and, you know, that's why I, I, I understand exactly where you're coming from, because I've, I've been there. I've been there. I've done it, you know, and, and now I'm saying to myself, I can just go for it. Just go for it. And if it doesn't work out, that's fine. Figure out how, how it will do, how I can do better. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, the, I think that's a very important piece because a lot of people are afraid of failure. What if it doesn't work? So even before they try out anything, they're thinking under the construct of what if I don't succeed? What if I fail? What if I break? What if I fall? Well, what if? What if? You don't have any what if. Exactly. <laughs> right? What if nothing of that? Like I tell what, you know, the, all the what ifs, you know, you're worrying about things that 95% of the time it's not going to happen. So throw those what ifs out and just go for it. And if, you know, if it doesn't do well, well, figure it out. 
Exactly. But at least you tried. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel that's the most important thing is really trying to do mm-hmm. something. You know, all the all the what if that we said in our life, if you were to put them into like a, a Santa Claus gift bag, you can really stuff up that gift bag really well. And you're gonna carry it on your shoulder. And to me, that just sounds very exhausting. You have all this, you're carrying all this what if. Mm-hmm. What if you just drop that what if bag? And that's when we become authentic. That's when we're finally able to do whatever we want to do. There you go. Yeah. And I know for myself, I decided to just let all those what ifs or could have, should have, would have. No, I don't need you anymore. It's okay. You serve the purpose as, as I was growing up, but now you don't serve purpose no longer. Now it's time for me to be who I'm meant to be. Yes. And it, it just, it's a very freeing feeling actually. Mm-hmm. you know, I feel free. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's hard to explain that feeling of freedom, but yeah, it's a free feeling. Mm-hmm. So now where can everybody find you? <laughs> we didn't even talk about your website or anything. Yeah, that see, was we, we're having so much fun. So, you know, the rest of it is just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> So people can find me through my website at elevatelifecoaching.org. There's also a section where people can order my book if they want to, and they can follow me on social media. Uh, I'm I'm basically everywhere on Facebook as well as Instagram. And all the information are available on the website. Okay, so just repeat your website again. (laughs) (laughs) It's elevatelifecoaching.org. Okay, and you're out of uh, California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am we both, in Southern yeah. California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to meet for lunch very soon. <laughs> yes, I'm super excited about that. Yeah, I'm not far away from you. So we will have a plan, believe me, and we'll do it. it it'll happen. But, I would love uh, that. Yeah. Okay, so elevate lifecoaching.org. Elevatelifecoaching.org. This lady is really incredible. You need to look her up. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Really, I mean, uh, it's funny how I found you. It would just, it it just happened. So it's amazing how things like that, the universe probably said, all right, Barbara, you need to have this gal named Michelle on your podcast. And there there you were, there you were. So I I truly believe that the things happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, and you are a powerhouse. The word that came to my head just now is you're a powerhouse. And I cannot believe that you're 72 years old and you have this podcast going and you're doing these amazing work to help others to become energy healers. And, you know, it's that out of our big compassionate heart that we see the beauties of others. So I really admire you so much well, we need you. to have lunch we need to have lunch yes we have that we have a lot to talk about believe me <laughs> yes uh, well thank you thank you so much for for coming on today i i really appreciate it. i know you're very busy uh and i truly appreciate this so again it's elevate lifecoaching.org Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Well, it'll all that information will be at the end of this podcast. So anyone that wants to book a session with you, you do do individual sessions, right? I do. I do individual sessions, uh, one-on-one coaching. Um, and I do offer a 30 minute strategy call. So if you're starting a business and right now I'm 
even though I'm working only with women coaches, I do welcome any woman entrepreneur. If you need some help to send you a little nudge, just okay. take advantage of the 30 minutes call. Okay. What, what about if any men call? I welcome them too. I don't okay. think <laughs> <laughs> Because I know we just mentioned women, so I don't want them to feel left out. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> if they resonate with my message, feel free to take my 30-minute strategy call. Okay. Well, there we go. See, it's for you guys also. <laughs> Actually, a lot of men do need it also. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not just us, but um, yeah, it's it, it'll be a, well, women are very powerful. You know that, and I know that. It's just a matter of us getting out there. Yeah. But um, well, again, thank you so much for being on my show today. Thank you so and, much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And um, you know, I want to thank everybody else uh, for for listening. Uh, and I would love to leave you with these uh, words. You know, my purpose uh, is to help you overcome your challenges and to encourage healing and to your success. You know, so nurture and honor your dreams and desires so that you are able to manifest them the way Michelle has. And, you know, you can't build the story of success if you give up. So the world is full of people who gave up and the world needs hope, right? So stand up, fight through your challenging moments and allow yourself to shine through those dark times and to be the difference in an indifferent world. So all we need to do is just trust and truly believe in ourselves. So, you know, I hope you enjoyed uh, my podcast today and my special guest, Michelle, and heard what you needed to hear. So just visit me at motivateyourlife.net and visit my YouTube channel, Barbara Saban, and also uh, my new YouTube channel, The uh, Spiritual Warrior Coach. And uh, again, my uh, website is bar, uh, motivateyourlife.net. And um, have a wonderful day filled with love and with light. Love, Barbara. Bye, Michelle. <laughs> Bye.